Hello, hello, and welcome to My Tennis Journey, where we aim to bring compelling tennis stories to life. As you're listening today, it'd be amazing if you could hit subscribe or follow. It's free, you know. So Paddle was described recently as the biggest fitness trend of the summer by GQ magazine. Jurgen Klopp loves it. Pep Guardiola is a fan. Zlatan loves it. Annabelle Croft loves it. My mum loves it. So does my wife and my daughter. Not to mention the two lads. And increasingly, I am a big fan of paddle tennis too. As the players at my club, Church Fulton, will testify, the game is a lot of fun. So today, I'm really excited to be chatting with Michael Graydon, who is the CEO of Game for Paddle, the fastest growing company of the fastest growing sport in the UK. Michael has a wealth of experience within the corporate world and the tennis world, having been on the board of Wimbledon and Game for Paddle is growing quickly and has Andy Murray among their investors. I'm excited to find out about Game for Paddle and also just how big Michael thinks Paddle can become in the UK and around the world. So welcome to the show, Michael Graydon. Thanks, Rob. Lovely to be on with you. Come on, now then. I know you're passionate about tennis. I know you're passionate about paddle tennis. But how did your tennis journey begin, Michael? Well, that uh, started when I was uh, very, very young. Uh, I came from a tennis family. Uh, My mum played counter tennis, in fact, played Wimbledon three or four times. Not sure if she ever won a match, but uh, uh, she loved tennis. Uh, My dad was a club player and deeply involved in tennis administration. I had an older brother. Uh, who was also really keen. So I was given a racket at the earliest possible age. And that was our family sport all the time growing up. We played uh, seaside tournaments every summer. And we then, uh, my brother and I each got into uh, college tennis and um, counter tennis. And still, it's a huge passion for me. Do you know, sometime we've got to get you back on to talk about tennis, not just paddle tennis. I mean, what a, what a little story. I mean, and your mum played Wimbledon three times. Did, did you ever... Was that before you were around? Did you ever get yeah. to watch her? Were there lots of stories about it? Uh, sadly, before I was around, my parents were over 40 when I was born. And uh, my mum's tennis uh, glory days were way behind her by that point. So, uh, yeah, we talked about it a bit, but she was always so humble and shy. I, I never really got much out of her about it. Just incredible, though, isn't it? And, of course, the seaside tennis tournaments. My junior career was spent. Felixstone, Cromer. On Stanton, it was like a seaside tour. And as the biggest hacker who could keep a ball going but didn't really have any big shots, playing grass court tournaments, perhaps not the best choice, but an incredibly fun time, huh? Yes, that's so funny. It was Cromer was the one we played most. (laughs) Small world. I love that tournament. I love that tournament so much. You know, we go back and we stay and somewhere on the honours board is one of the few uh, like tournaments I won. I won it with my doubles partner and I, t- I tried to take the children back to find that honours board and see if we could still see my name. Ah, <laughs> oh, another time we'll talk tennis. But how about how about your paddle journey then? How, how did that get going? Well, that was interesting. And in fact, it was a long time ago. Uh, I was on the board of a big Uh, global British company and uh, we happened to acquire almost by accident the La Manga Club Resort in Spain and uh, after a few years our chairman asked me to uh, become the sort of executive chairman of it and so I had to go down to Spain uh, several times a year to chair board meetings and to 
chat to the management team there. And in peak summer season, we'd have about 21 tennis coaches, I think. And uh, whenever I would go down there, they'd ask me very politely if I'd like to play tennis. But it was clear that they would far rather play paddle with me. And at that point, initially, I'd never heard of it. And I immediately loved it. Uh, we had epic games from the moment I first started playing. Obviously, to play with three tennis coaches who were addicted to paddle was a great way into the sport. They uh, sort of taught me all the basics of it. And so I became a paddle addict overnight. But in those days, there was virtually nowhere to play in the UK. So I only really got properly into it uh, when uh, one of my tennis friends uh, here said that they'd opened a court in Weybridge, uh, southwest London. Uh, I live in Wimbledon, so it wasn't too far away. And the owner of that uh, club with just one outdoor court, David Garrett, was such a star. He introduced me to his family, uh, lots of other people who played there. I then took other friends of mine to play. And before I knew it, I was playing four days a week. Uh, I was playing interclub matches, box leagues, and then found that, uh, to my excitement, there were sort of seniors paddle tournaments all over the country. So I started doing those every single weekend that I could and got totally hooked. I then took all, started taking all my tennis friends down there and I was amazed by how they got hooked. And the, the way I then uh, sort of initially decided that I wanted to do it from a business point of view was that I suddenly started hearing that various clubs that I knew of were either definitely putting paddle in or, or thinking about doing it. And so I suddenly thought, wow, this is maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity uh, to create uh, the biggest paddle business in the UK. You know, if it's really taking off, somebody will get there very soon. So that was how it's all started. Amazing. And uh, amazing that like, you know, from a passion of playing and so many people seem to have started when they've been out in Spain, you know, the, the guy, uh, Tom Murray, who heads up the LTA uh, paddle, you know, he that's how he started. We've got a guy, our, um, our club, who had been waxing lyrical about paddle for years because he goes to Spain, JP, and now he's back and he's he's going to get booked onto his you know level two instructor course. The passion is there once you play this game, and then being able to take that passion and we'll come onto it and work it into a business. That's brilliant. Now I know you know it is a it's, it's, it's trend as we said, but if there's someone listening and they're thinking, I'm just hearing more and more about paddle. What would you say to them about why they should give paddle a go in order to take that first step? Yeah, sure. Well, I think the first thing is to say it's an incredibly easy game to play. And indeed, we actually often call it a game, not a sport, because some people would say, well, I'm not sporty, but they will still enjoy paddle. I've actually played about six or seven different racket sports, and I would say it's by far the easiest one I've ever played. And I've taken people to play paddle who would absolutely say they can't play tennis, don't play tennis. Uh, so it's incredibly easy. I'd say it's amazing fun. Um, it, it is absolutely a game where within minutes, people start to smile and they come off smiling and laughing. And it's always four players. Uh, so it's incredibly sociable. You're in a much smaller area than the tennis court. It's about a third of the size of a tennis court. So there's lots of banter goes on, uh, all sorts of different ways you can win points and indeed lose points. And it's just addictive. I mean, we talk about this all the time as a business. Uh, we've never played a sport that is literally as addictive as paddle. And people say, why? And I honestly can't explain it. Other than you get amazing rallies, it's amazing fun, and you have a lot of laughs. It's a combination, isn't it, of all those things you've just touched upon. That is the algorithm for the perfect game. I mean, if you could put you know, the ingredients together and invent a game, fun sociability 
easy to play, um, lots of banter with your mates, you know, all these things, you put them together, it's like other sports have challenges along the way that perhaps it's a rogue ingredient where but it's the perfect mix, isn't it? Come on. I mean, it's interesting to hear as well about, you know, the difference between a game and a sport. And I know, you know, paddle can be very social. and But at the top level, I mean, the rallies are incredible. But do you think paddle will go on and become an Olympic sport? And, and if, you, if you do, how, is it coming soon? Yes, absolutely. I mean, everybody in the paddle world talks about this a lot. Um, it's quite a complicated process, as you probably know, to become an Olympic sport. But paddle is now believed to be played in 91 countries, uh, always called the fastest growing sport in Europe, the fastest growing sport in the world, and I would now say fastest growing sport in the UK. So the, the best estimate is that it might be one of those sort of exhibition sports in 2028 and then a real sport in the Olympics in 2032. It's actually, I think, next year going to be in the European Games, which is the European version of the Olympics. And that, I think, is a stepping stone. Um, I say the Olympics is is a complex uh, subject, so I'm, uh, uh, that's my best guess of when it will be. It's fascinating, isn't it? And one of the things I love about the competitive element is we've, you know, juniors who play a lot of tennis tournaments, for example, they've got to a very high standard, or juniors who've played a lot of squash tournaments, they can almost get a head start in the game of paddle because they're early adopters. They're getting the skills up at a very early level. And, you know, I know that, that some players have gone on, I, I think of a guy from Yorkshire who played uh, Yorkshire County tennis called Mike Tolman, who, you know, he's now representing Great Britain. There's real opportunities in this sport, isn't there, for those, those players with different racket skills? Yeah, well, absolutely. In fact, I know Mike, uh, which, and um, he plays at one of our venues in Huddersfield. And um, yeah, he and his dad are, are great lovers of paddle. Indeed, I was lucky enough to be in the Great Britain seniors team uh, with Mike at the World Championships only a few months ago in Las Vegas. So incredible experience. That's just all you need to know, really, isn't it? That yourself, Michael and Mr. Tolman have managed to get it to Las Vegas, no less place, to go and play paddle for your country, <laughs> represent your country, pull on that Great Britain tracksuit. How cool is that? Hey, it's amazing. <laughs> Come on, that, I mean, for, as a tennis coach, you know, I know that there's, there's kind of some coaches or or there's some people within the tennis world who who don't necessarily embrace embrace paddle. But would you see paddle as a complementary sport to tennis or would you see it as a rival to tennis? What's your view on that sort of subject? Yeah, it's a really good question. To be honest, this is the question I'm asked above all others by both media and venues that we go to. Uh, we're installing paddle in all types of venues uh, from uh, commercial venues like shopping centres, leisure centres, business parks, uh, residential housing estates and public parks, uh, but obviously originally and still on an ongoing basis in tennis clubs. And so naturally tennis clubs want to know, is this uh, going to be a, a risky move? What I always say is two things. I said, firstly, in, in my experience so far, there is nobody I have introduced to paddle and I have introduced a lot of my tennis friends to paddle and they absolutely love it. Not a single one of them has given up tennis. And I would, I'm guessing that I would have introduced at least a hundred people from tennis to paddle. And I personally, I still love tennis. I mean, I was playing out on a glorious uh, summer's evening on a grass court last night and that was like absolute heaven. So I definitely don't want to give up tennis for paddle, even though I, I adore paddle. The other uh, thing that I think is a huge positive for tennis clubs and tennis venues is that paddle can actually transform tennis clubs. Our original 
uh, club was candidly a dying tennis club in Edinburgh. It had six tarmac tennis courts, slightly out of date uh, flood lighting. Uh, it's never going to be a, a big club because it's very heavily space constrained, but it had gone down from a peak of 400 members and producing a lot of county players uh, in Scotland to 75 members. Mm. And uh, in the spiral of decline, because it didn't have enough income to resurface the tennis courts. Uh, and one of my uh, co-founders of Game for Paddle, Peter Gordon, uh, who spent his life in tennis, uh, designing building tennis facilities for Tennis Scotland and Sports Scotland. He went along to them, having fallen in love with paddle in Spain, uh, and said, I want to create a paddle venue. And I think uh, a combination of introducing paddle to bring new buzz and vitality and people into the club, and then once the club is starting to revive financially, going to the LTA and getting an interest-free loan to resurface the tennis courts, will be the only thing that can change this club. You can't do one without the other. Uh, so that obviously the understand the LTA wouldn't want to lend money to a dying tennis club, otherwise it's money down the drain. Anyway, that uh, he basically did a deal with them, which then became our business model. He said to the club, I will personally uh, design, build and pay for two paddle courts. And in return, I keep the lion's share of the income, but with the big benefit for the club, that it will not only hopefully survive and grow, but if then they get new members, all that new membership income goes to the club. Well, that uh, uh, decision uh, was successful beyond anybody's wildest dreams. So within two years, the membership had gone from 75 to I think about 350. They had then resurfaced the tennis courts. I believe the last time I heard, I think the tennis membership was now over 400. And the uh, paddle is about 250 members. And I just think that's a fantastic example of what paddle can do for a tennis club. And so we're really excited when uh, tennis clubs come along to us. And obviously many tennis clubs have had a fantastic boost uh, from COVID and, you know, people being able to play tennis when they can't play other things. And I, I would love for that to continue. But equally, a lot of tennis clubs, you know, have been you know, suffering a declining membership. And I think paddle is a huge part of that. Will Paddle ultimately, you know, as it were, outsell uh, tennis? I mean, as you probably know, in Spain, there are now more paddle players in the country than, than tennis players. Uh, maybe if you took a 30, 40 year view, you know, maybe. But even Spain, where, where Paddle is huge, they're still producing many of the best tennis players on the planet and tennis is still thriving. So, so yeah. do I think Paddle will you know, be a disaster for tennis? Absolutely not. No, I, I mean, it, some good reasons there and really interesting to hear about how it, you know, really boosted that club. I think what, what I see as well is um, I've seen parents who have never come onto a tennis court um, give paddle a go. And it, like you touched on earlier, it's because they could, it's easy to start. It's easy to play. But then I see, I've also seen them as a result of that and getting the confidence that, oh, actually, I can hit a ball. I've seen them step onto a tennis court. So I, I, I think that they can be complementary. I see no reason why not. And, you know, from a, a wider, just coming out of, you know, the specifics of coaching, a wider social good, if you're going out and you're exercising, if you're not on your tablet, you, you know, if you're a teenager, if you're not on your tablet or your phone, you're out exercising. If you've got, you know, jobs which are stressful or whatever, if you're not worrying about that, you're out exercising. To me, this is a good thing, whether you're playing paddle, whether you're playing tennis, whatever you're playing, it's a good thing, huh? Yeah, totally. Come on. Um, I know that, you know, GQ said that paddle's going to be the biggest fitness trend of the summer. Um, 
trends don't always last. I mean, do, do you see paddle as, as a pad, passing trend? Is it one that's here to stay? I absolutely don't see it as a passing trend. And you only need to look at the countries where it's existed longest. As you probably know, it was invented in, I think, the 1970s in Mexico uh, and then moved to Spain relatively soon. Well, Spain, as we were saying earlier, you know, 7 million players. And what is that, 50 years later? Argentina, apparently 3 million paddle players. Um, you know, we had out in, in Vegas uh, teams from Mexico, Chile, Brazil, you know, paddle's been there a long, long time and is still growing. So, so no, I, I absolutely don't think it's a passing trend. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I tend to agree. All the data suggests it's it's coming quickly and it's here to stay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Your mum played at Wimbledon. You went on to become a director at Wimbledon, um, heavily involved in the game of tennis. H how did the, the move to become CEO of, of Game for Paddle actually happened i know you touched on it earlier that it came from the passion but how did you go on and make that happen yeah real really interesting and, and a lot of incredible luck candidly um so i was lucky enough to be on the uh, the board of wimbledon for about 15 years and, and for the last 10 i was chairing all of the commercial financial hr side of things so i was giving it about 150 to 200 days a year of my time sadly unpaid but i loved it it was a real uh, wonderful experience and uh, I knew that was coming to an end at the end of 2019. So I was honestly looking around for something else to do. And I, I do various other stuff in other businesses. I'm involved in aviation and hotels, but in a very, very part-time basis. And uh, it's a brilliant thing to be able to combine, you know, your passion and business. Yeah. So, um, so I started thinking that, you know, this was an amazing uh, opportunity to create a paddle business, but I knew I didn't have the relevant skill sets to do it. I had one or two skill sets and uh, obviously some connections in tennis. But I was lucky enough to be introduced to three guys, all from Edinburgh, uh, who were about, I don't know, six months to a year ahead of me in the journey. They'd had all the same ideas as me. Peter, as I said earlier, had already created his own paddle venue. So, and he had all the construction expertise that I would never have. And that's really important in creating a paddle business. And uh, we all got together. And most importantly, we got on well. I mean, I'm a great believer. You don't get into a joint venture or partnership with people you don't, where the chemistry isn't right. So we started laughing, giggling together right from the start. Uh, they, they've all got very different skill sets. One's an ex-tennis coach who's now a paddle coach. Uh, one uh, is a finance genius and then Peter is our sort of construction and planning uh, expert. So, yeah, so that's fantastic. We've uh, since um, had a guy who's retired from business in the Middle East and he's invested a lot of money. in it. so he's now our fifth member of the uh, directorship. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that, that's how it all started. Amazing. Amazing how it's all come together. And that, uh, yeah, just getting on with people. Hey, what a difference that makes. I mean, it's like. There was a team when I, I used to be on the, the Carlin brand team and and people used to talk about, you know, all the chemistry and how did you get to be such a high performing team and all these things? Well, we just got on together. You know, you, we get we cared for each other and you want to do your best for the people that you care for. And I, I think it's such a, a key part of being a team that really makes stuff happen is if you're there for each other and you want to do and you get on with each other. Come on. What, what would you see now that it's established, you five guys, you've come together? What, what would you see as Game for Paddle's mission? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we generally uh, recognised already to be the largest paddle business in the UK. We have more venues open than any other business, but it's still very, very early days in our growth. We've got an astonishing pipeline of, of future venues in the UK, which is unbelievably exciting. So absolutely, our mission vis-a-vis -vis the UK is to continue to be by far the largest paddle business. Uh, there are now other people setting up paddle venues, which is great for the sport. There's uh, more than enough uh, to go around. But I reckon that by, say, spring next year, we will have something like three to five times the number of venues as the next largest battle business. Uh, and uh, we're lucky enough that um, we seem to have got the lion's share of all the media uh, coverage about us. Um, so, yeah, no, we're really excited about that. And now we're already looking to uh, potentially grow overseas. Uh, we're uh, near to a deal to move into Australia. Wow. Where there's obviously all the same tennis heritage, much better climate than the UK, sports mad nation, and yet paddles uh, very embryonic there. Uh, UK, oddly enough, is probably the laggard of the whole of Europe in terms of paddle uh, growth. Uh, but that's about to change dramatically. And I think Australia is another great opportunity. So we'll uh, be really excited. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, listening, it just sounds a really exciting just mission in terms of just the number of opportunities it must be like whoa i mean how, how many paddle courts have you, do you currently operate around the country yeah so we've got seven venues that are open and they're all over the place uh some of in scotland we opened the first ever paddle court in wales uh we uh opened the first ever paddle court in cornwall um uh first ever paddle court in suffolk's um so, uh, yeah, so I think seven venues that are open, the two more opening later this month. We've got 30 venues now that are agreed and secured. So going through um, some of them now, uh, in addition to the ones I mentioned, got planning, others uh, just going through the slightly laborious planning process we have in this country. And, um, you know, from our point of view, even more excitingly, we have what we call our pipeline, which is other venues that we're in discussion with and i mean it's almost getting limitless i mean it's uh, way beyond our wildest dreams wow wow and i mean if another club wants to join this pipeline i mean um what is the funding model for game for paddle you know if a, vin a venue you know they're listening how would it work yeah well from our point of view we're both flexible but it's very simple and we hopefully certainly for tennis clubs tennis venues uh, are a really attractive proposition. Essentially, we offer to design, build, crucially pay for, mm. and then help operate either independently, as it were, or if it's a club, we're totally delighted to get them fully involved with it, like in a partnership. But we will then do that on a long-term basis. And we essentially will pick up, uh, if it's a tennis club, we'll pick up the operating costs as well. So any repairs, replacements, if you want to need to replace the surface, we'll do that. So there is no financial risk to the club whatsoever. And we get our return and hopefully our money back totally dependent on the amount of utilisation of the courts. It, mm -hmm. One's able to charge slightly higher court fees for paddle than for tennis because there are four players and the economics, therefore, if we can get the courts full, so we have a huge... Uh, synergy of interest with the club in both trying to promote it and grow it and promotional marketing is incredibly important because it's a sport that of course most people are still not heard of so trying to get people to overcome any sort of fears or barriers come and try it because once you try it they're hooked so yeah so the the big risk for um clubs who in a sense want to do their own thing is that firstly they've got to find the cash and uh, we strongly believe in having 
what we call canopy uh, paddle courts wherever possible. So they're covered um, 365 days of the year, absolute certainty of play in all weathers, which is important for coaching, for uh, open days, social days, tournaments. Uh, but they're about, if you were, if a club was going to do them themselves, they're about £150,000 each. And you generally want a minimum of three. Um, so for most tennis clubs, that's simply beyond their, you know, um, wildest dreams to be able to fund that. And then even if they had some cash, um, there's obviously the cost risk. I mean, as you, we all know, inflation on raw materials is, is going through the roof at the moment. So most club treasurers will be really nervous even if they can either borrow the money or find some money, what happens if we start this process and it ends up costing 25% more? And that is actually happening. Yeah. So, so from a, a tennis club's point of view, we effectively give them a fantastic new sporting facility for absolutely nothing and no financial risk. Mm. Um, and, you know, all being well, it will bring in lots of new people into the club, new life and vitality in the club, and they get a share of, a growing share of the income, which can be, become quite meaningful. Yeah, and I mean, it's an interesting one as well, isn't it? Because I, I, because of tennis background, go straight to tennis clubs. But, you know, it, it isn't just tennis clubs. Well, I, I saw that you've got courts planned for Westfield London Shopping Centre. You know, is do you think Paddle coming away from traditional tennis clubs, do you think it's going to be a hit in a way that bowling or mini golf has been? Well, hopefully far more successful than bowling and mini golf. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I mean, we are increasingly finding that the majority of our future venues will be non-tennis venues, which we're really excited about that because from our point of view, we want to say this is a sport not for just tennis players, not just for racket sports enthusiasts. It's for everyone. People mm -hmm. who play football, rugby, cricket, golf, or indeed no sport at all. Uh, and that's my experience. So uh, the Westfield deal is unbelievably exciting for us because um, Westfield London is the largest shopping centre in the whole of Europe. Uh, they have an annual footfall of 31 million people. So the proposal is we'll have three permanent courts right outside one of the main entrances to the Mall. Yeah, and, and that will obviously be incredibly high profile for the game. But perhaps even more excitingly, we have a, an agreement in principle with the owners of Westfield that for one week, uh, hopefully later this year, we will be able to use what's called the atrium, which is the centre of the centre. And that is a sort of three-storey high uh, iconic part of the Mall. And in an average week, I believe they have somewhere between half a million and three quarters of a million people through the atrium. Wow. And so we, the plan is for us to put an exhibition court in there and do a whole mix of community events with local schools, local community, uh, staff who work in the shops. Um, and we've already had lots of interesting um, uh, things offered to us. We've even had uh, a lad uh, right and say he's the best 11 year old pedal player in the country and please can he come and be part of the Westfield <laughs> <laughs> and um, we will hopefully get some of the best players in the world we've uh, talking to various celebrities about coming to play uh, we'd love to get tv coverage so from our point of view that is potentially going to put this game on the map in a way nothing could ever happen I, I keep saying half in jest, half seriously, this could be the largest live audience for Paddle ever seen anywhere in the world, even more than in Spain. You know, half a million to three quarters of a million people seeing it in a week. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I love the fact that the 11-year-old Paddle player wrote a letter. And I, I'm just really wondering if you could let me have your address so you get a letter from a 49-year-old 
paddle player too who would love <laughs> to see that I mean it just sounds so exciting and this is you know this for me is like uh, play where your audience is playing you know I, I used to talk about that when I worked more in in the marketing world of like when people were spending time on social media you know more than tv so why would we necessarily spend our money on tv advertising when you can reach that audience in social media so from a play where your audience is playing wow the amount of people who are going to see that sport. I mean, I can only imagine what the demand for the three courts is going to be coming off the back of that. But that is just super exciting. I mean, another really exciting element of it is uh, is obviously the fact that, that Andy Murray, I mean, how did Andy Murray end up being an investor in Game for Paddle? Well, this has been absolutely crucial for us. Um, and indeed, um and his connection with us, for example, with the Westfield deal, when we announced that, it was the uh, biggest headline issue in every single uh, publication in the whole property world, of which there are about a dozen. There was a big article about it in the Times newspaper and I was interviewed live on Sky and most of the coverage said, Andy Murray's pedal company comes to Westfield. Sadly, not Michael Graydon's pedal company, Andy <laughs> Murray's company. So how did that happen in the first place? Well, right from the start, um, I had concluded that if you're going to try and promote a sport that nobody's heard of, uh, you need to have a celebrity on board. And who better than Andy, the greatest ever tennis player this country's ever seen. Yeah. And I knew that he'd played it as a teenager growing up, as you know, in Barcelona. So um, the, uh, I was lucky enough, obviously, through my Wimbledon connections uh, to uh, have come across his agents from 77 Management. And I approached them, uh, you know, not knowing, you know, whether there was any chance at all, because obviously Andy's a very busy guy and I know he invests in, in startup businesses. So we were lucky enough to persuade Andy to come on board. And as I say, that's been absolutely pivotal. And uh, yeah, the whole Murray family, Jamie loves paddle. Judy's now into a paddle. She's going to have some paddle courts at uh, her big development in Scotland. So yeah, that's been fantastic. And we're actually, um, we've got other celebrities uh, from, sport on board so Jonathan Davis one of the greatest ever rugby players yeah. uh, you mentioned Annabelle Croft earlier and Andrew Castle they're investors and we're hoping to uh, get a uh, top uh, famous current soccer player on board to emphasize that there's this amazing link as you said earlier between uh, paddle and uh, soccer which emanates from the fact that in Spain all the famous soccer players like Messi like Ronaldo paddle is their second sport yeah. Uh, which is why so Liverpool Football Club and Man City Football Club both have paddle courts for their players because Pep Guardiola uh, and the, like, the likes of Xabi Alonso in Days Gone Past, they wanted and insisted on having a paddle court. Yeah, it is. I think the football connection is a really interesting one because, you know, like football, uh, there's no higher profile sport than football, obviously. And if you've got the highest profile individuals within that sport, saying they love paddle again i think it, it it opens it up to a new market of people who who would be like oh so well if peps do if zlatan's doing this is if messi's doing this i'll have a go at this coming from a football background so i think that's really exciting i mean and from a murray mr andy murray i mean how great is that to have the murray family involved you know you've got andy you've got judy you've got jamie what incredible uh, ambassadors to be promoting the sport. I mean, there's three of those guys. Have you made up a four with them, Michael? Uh, that's the big challenge for the summer. Andy, unfortunately, is a busy guy, but we'll, we'll do it. 
We'll do it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, where do you see Game for Paddle being in five years' time? I mean, it sounds ridiculously exciting, the journey you guys are on. Have you thought that far ahead or you all just get the next day out of the way? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that. I'll be honest with you. When we set up this business uh, and we went out to raise money, and it does need a lot of money for the reasons I said, and we've now done four funding rounds, but right at the start, we obviously had to produce a model of how many courts we thought we would build and when. And we said we uh, will try to get 300 courts built within five years, which seemed to be quite a stretching target, bearing in mind that at that point, there were only about 30 courts in the whole of the UK. Yeah. Uh, we have already been approached for probably 500 courts, uh, you know, and we're you know, barely, barely started. Now, will we do all of those right now? We probably won't because we have strict criteria as to which um, venues we'll go into. Um, and obviously, we, we, you know, we're, we're a small but growing team and we need to manage how, you know, a sensible growth pattern. But yeah. so I don't think there is any doubt at all we will be north of 300 courts within five years. Wow. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? I can't wait, you know. If I could jump in a DeLorean, go back to the future, I'd love to just pop down five years' time, see what's happening, see how that 11-year-old's getting on. I think he's going yeah. to be storming the paddle world. Cool. Well, what exciting times for, for a game for paddle. What exciting times for, for the sport of paddle and, and for all those people who are, who are getting in and, and just having fun with massive smiles on the faces. That's what we see, people coming off court. Um, just how big? Final question for you, Michael. Just how big can Paddle become? Well, I think it's, it's genuinely unlimited. Uh, we've seen and been lucky enough to see what has happened in other countries in Europe. Just give one example. Sweden, about three to four years ago, had the same number of courts that we have now, which as I say is less than 200. Today, Sweden have somewhere around 5,000 courts and half a million players for a population of one sixth of the size of the UK. So it is by no means fanciful that if you apply those numbers to the UK, we could have within five years, 30,000 courts wow. and three million players. And if you took a 10 year view, I don't see any reason as to why it can't be, as it is in Spain now, the second biggest participation sport in the country after football amazing amazing can, unlimited you know if you like if you looked at that and you go my word really but then if you think about it you're quoting real data from a country that has just gone through a few years ahead of us wow i mean it, it, it it's it's got the potential to be very bigger huh? yeah and indeed i mean it's 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 not just in europe in the middle east it's going crazy Somebody said to me that in Dubai alone, they added 200 paddle courts last year, and maybe up to 1,000 this year. I can't believe they can do that, but they're putting them into schools and the hotels, all the golf clubs. Yeah, it is going crazy. Amazing. Amazing. Well, anyone listening out there, you know, if you've not given paddle a go, please do. If you're at a venue of any sort and you're interested in, in uh, uh, looking into paddle, please do look up Game for Paddle and we'll make sure all the links are there. But it's just been brilliant to chat. Thank you so much for your time, Michael, and uh, just all the best with this incredibly exciting journey that you're on. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you, Rob. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
That's all for today, but thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoyed that, please do hit the subscribe or follow button so you keep up to date with new episodes. And we look forward to welcoming you back to my tennis journey very soon.